Hey peeps, it's me, Christine, and I want to share with you a game-changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high-quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the Cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. (laughs) Now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer, so I love that we can each have our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com backslash findyourrare20, you get 20% off the Cube All Sleep Systems with Find Your Rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey, peeps. We are back for another episode of Because We Are Strong. This week, we are sitting down with Morgan, the mother of a rare disease fighter and a mom on a true mission. Morgan's daughter, Addison, has, okay, guys, let's be real. I cannot say it. We're going to go with L.I. until we get Morgan on here. A rare genetic skin disorder that is present at birth and occurs in about 1 in 200,000 people. I'm flying solo tonight. I'm your host, Christine. So let's dive in. This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in, because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. Morgan, welcome. So thankful to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. So, uh, you know, Morgan, I, I've been working with you and I've really gotten to know L.I. And how do you say that? Lamellar ichthyosis. That's a tongue twister. Yes, it is. 
<laughs> um, you know, I've had the pleasure of not only meeting you, but kind of meeting your entire like herd of zebras down there in Florida um, with, uh, you know, designing those shirts. And I just want to say it's been a pleasure and I can't wait for now the rest of the world to, to know about LI. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey when you guys found out, et cetera? So we had Addison at a hospital in our local town. And when she was born, um, she was my first kid. So, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. She was three weeks early. She was born and her skin was like her mouth and eyes were open. Um, They were the skin was so taut she couldn't close them. And her skin just looked very wrinkly. And I was like, oh, she's three weeks early. You know, maybe it's just normal. I don't, I didn't really know what to expect. And the nurses took her to the nursery and they came back a few hours later and told us that she was going to pass away, which, you know, was kind of traumatic. Yeah. And then, um, she got taken to our local children's hospital, uh, Johns Hopkins, which they were incredible there, but she was only their fourth case ever of ichthyosis. So, we spent nine days in the NICU on antibiotics. We couldn't hold her for the first first four days until they figured out really what was going on. Um, the dermatologist actually came in with a textbook. So that was kind of scary to see as a parent having somebody, you know, have to look that up. I've never seen that before, but they diagnosed her correctly. And we've just kind of been figuring it out as we go. We have a lot of help through uh, the first community. And we've met several families through there who share the same kind of experience. So we've been grateful enough to work with them. And we have a really great village here and actually all around the United States who we've met and just figuring it out kind of day by day. But so Maureen, I, you know, we do research before the podcast and I was looking through your stuff and one of the things I saw, it feels like not even right to say about like, princess addison but like like the fish scale disease can you kind of tell our listeners why anyone would call it that and what are the signs and symptoms of it yes so i don't care for the term to me just you know that that's what they call it because um her skin appears very scale like like she gets these giant dark patches all over her body um it's like her whole outer layer of skin is this it's extremely thick, like quarter inch thick quarter is in the coin, not an actual inch, <laughs> um, but quarter inch thick. And then it starts, her skin starts to crack because it's growing new skin, but it does appear, uh, does appear like scale. So that's why they refer to it as the fish disease. Any other, like, I guess, like symptoms of the disease. Is it just derma- dermatological? I don't think that's the term, but so- <laughs> the the main part of this disease it does affect her skin but with that so her skin grows extremely rapidly so it's constantly growing and shedding she needs double the caloric intake um in order to provide her body enough nutrients which a lot of children with ichthyosis um are on the lower weight scale because of this um she has a lot of issues with her eyes Um, The eyelids can peel out from the skin being too dry. And um, Addison specifically, her eyes, um, so much skin will clog the pores in her eyelids to where she gets, they're not styes, but she gets eye infections pretty frequently. 
Um, her nails grow at an increasing rate. There, I mean, I have to cut them every other day. Um, she cannot sweat because of the skin that clogs the pores, which this is just what's specific to Addison. I have my other parents who have different results with their children, but for of Addison. Course. Of course, as always, um, this hour, you know, everything's a spectrum, but, mm-hmm. you know, this hour is 100% about Addison and how the disease presents for her. Everyone's rare journey, gosh, unfortunately, is their own. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question. So mm-hmm. I have never been pregnant. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know why this is my favorite question, but it is. <laughs> if Teresa was here, she'd be like, oh, she's asking it again. But... <laughs> Was it anything, I know she was your first child, but like, was there any indication in utero that like this something might be amiss? Unfortunately, no, because it is a skin condition with every scan, they were unable to predict it until she was born. But since she's been born, she has been genetically tested and so have my husband and I. So we do know if we were to have a child in the future that they can get tested in utero. And if you don't mind me asking, are you and your husband like carriers or is it just like a genetic... Yes. So my husband and I both carry the gene, um, which is the TGM1 gene, but my husband is a carrier for the FLG gene, which makes it dominant in Addison, which we had no idea until she was born, but come to find out we actually both have carriers. And with that being said, there's a 25% chance that any future child would have it. So, so Morgan, when, um, when we were kind of coming, like we were designing together and, and trying to come up with, you know, a wearable awareness shirt for LI, you know, you were telling me about the sweating and the pores and stuff. And can you tell, like, I didn't even realize it makes so much sense, but can you, can you kind of go over why it's so detrimental that this, when the skin clogs, like go through that, like you did with me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So We actually live in Florida, and obviously Florida is super hot. So Addison cannot sweat, which, you know, you think it's not that big of a deal, but she actually overheats very easily. Um, If she were to get a fever, she would have to go to the hospital for IV cooling. Um, So we really regulate her temperature. And the reason, you know, I was like, hey, can we do the dry fit? Because that's a shirt that we can actually put in a cooler full of water and put it on her and it will stay cold a lot longer than a regular t-shirt would. Um, But yeah, so because of the amount of skin that she produces, it clogs the pores so she is unable to sweat. So she basically retains all of that heat in her body. So we have to make sure we keep her at a cool enough temperature to prevent her from overheating. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how do you how do you manage that as a parent? You know what I mean? Like as a parent of a you know young child who can't yet verbalize, I'm hot. How do you guys manage that? Unfortunately, it's as soon as her cheeks start to turn red, um, we get her as cooled off as possible. We try and take as many preventative measures as possible. We always keep a cooler every time we leave the house. We have a cooler with um, frog togs, which are cooling towels. She has um, dry fit shirts in there. We have spray bottles. We have fans. Because if the car were to break down on the side of the road, you know, there's always that possibility of her overheating. So we just, we have to monitor her frequently. And as soon as the cheeks turn red, we uh, get her cooled off in in air conditioning or covered up with some kind of cooling thing. We've actually put her inside the cooler once, just left the top off and sitting there. I mean, people would do that for probably a photo moment, but it's probably not funny when, you know, you're worried about if she's overheating. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does make for cute pictures, but. Uh, yeah, right. It, it, too bad that it's not always about the picture. Mm-hmm. Instagram lied. But I actually yes. have two questions. The first mm-hmm. being um, about, I know that having SPF in the shirt was important. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about like why that is like helpful or, you know, necessary? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we constantly make sure that she uses SPF. Um, she has to have some sun, kind of sunscreen on, even if it's for five minutes. We actually use the Coats brand for anyone listening who have who has ichthyosis. They're amazing, and it doesn't dry her out. But um, that specifically, if her skin were to burn, her skin is actually so thick that it could cause infection. And she, I mean, whenever it would peel off, it would peel off in thick chunks and leave her skin raw and exposed but she is already prone to infection because of the skin being so frail. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and you, when you said burned, I don't know if this is accurate, but I actually thought of like, you know, um, like third degree burns. Is that correct? Almost. I mean, I've talked to um, a family before and their son had gotten sunburnt and he was in a burn unit for two weeks with a skin wrapped until it was able to properly heal. And he was on several antibiotics and, just hearing that and having that kind of in our head, we are definitely very conscious about what we put on her and how frequently we apply. Even if she doesn't like it, she is always getting coated with sunscreen just to be on the safe side. No, absolutely. You know, you don't really know uh, what it would, what it's like in this on this rare journey um, until you're on it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so my second question, um, naturally I have brain fog, so... <laughs> Ah, got it. There you go. See, folks, I'm getting better. <laughs> My question was, has anyone like talked to you about or have you met anyone with LI that is a little bit older? And like, how do are they managing like they're like right now, like you kind of not have control, right? But like you care for Addison and you can ensure that like these things happen. But she grows up to be, you know, her own her mm-hmm. little human. And what does that look like? Um, we've actually talked to a few different people. Um, it's not super easy because it's not super common, but the people we have talked to, um, they say that, you know, as they were older, they managed a routine that worked for them. There are actual, um, there it's acne medication, but it's topical. But as they get older, they're allowed to get prescribed and they say that they use that. And some, some people say that it gets easier, like being out in the sun and, it's just up to each individual, but we've, you know, it's definitely been nice having those people to talk to, to kind of give us something to look forward to. So we know what we're in for. And I think that she'll have a, you know, fairly normal life, which is awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, what I think I hear you saying is like, the more that you guys can kind of normalize this as just the routine she does, which I, I mean, I think, right. That's what all of us are trying to do, mm-hmm. right. Bring the invisible visible, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it just will become habit for her. At, at least that's from what people you're talking to. Correct. So even, I mean, even now she's about 18 months. She knows the routine. She knows she wakes up, gets a bath. Um, I will hand her a tub of lotion and she sticks her hand in. She knows her belly. Oh my closed. gosh. But I, I'm going to need a picture of that. Oh my gosh. That's the cutest thing, but it's just teaching her these specific things and letting her know like this. I mean, she is our first kid and this is our normal. So I want her to grow up knowing that this is what you have to do every morning. The same way you'd get up and brush your teeth is get up and take a bath and do your lotion. So she'll be familiar with that her whole life. So there's never going to be a, a question as to why she does it. It'll just need to get done. I guess the future of rare truly is bright. I mean, 
Morgan, I have to say, you are a fierce advocate and a, a prime example, actually, in my opinion, of someone that it doesn't matter how big your following is or isn't. Show up, stand up, and speak up, people. Your voice matters, and it has a rippling effect. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that my little, you know, two cents in on that. <laughs> so, Morgan, one thing that's not really always talked about is um, how do you get to this new normal, and at what cost? You were a, you know, your husband and, and you were, you know, pregnant, and this your first child, you know, that's stressful enough as it is. And then to be thrown this, you know, rare curveball, so to speak. Um, how is how's that been for you, you know, personally, your relationship, your mental health, et cetera? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. So we are young parents. We had her at 22 and 23. So to have a child. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, folks. Not only is she like a ridiculously fierce advocate, she is actually a baby herself. <laughs> wow. Morgan, sorry. I just had to say that it is coming from the biggest place in my heart of like how amazing it is that, you know, how you've stepped up for this entire community. Okay. Sorry. Everyone. We can continue. Well, thank you. <laughs> but yes, so we are young parents and to have that trauma, you know, um, people ask all the time, like, how did that affect us? And we've, you know, we've been together since we were 16 and I think it really did bring us closer together because we spent nine days in the NICU and, you know, my husband is incredible. He, um, we we're actually both planning on going back to work after she was born, but whenever she was born, that obviously couldn't happen. Um, so he, I mean, he's a firefighter and he works all the time so I can stay home with her. And, you know, when he's home, he comes home and does the best that he can, but when she was born, it was extremely stressful, but we have a huge village of people. We have family and family friends that I've known my whole life that I consider, you know, aunts and uncles that we were in the NICU. They started a meal train for us. So when we got home, we wouldn't have to worry about putting food on the table. Like they were there to help us. We've had family members and friends and care packages for Addison. Um, everyone, as soon as she was born, did research and research and research just so they could know, you know, how to help us in the best way possible. And that's, that's just been incredible for us to have those people there to have people who truly can say that they, they know, you know, because they're there to help us. So it's been awesome. Wow. I mean, gosh, talk about rallying together. Um, um, so I have a question, mm -hmm. you know, that's not always everybody's experience. Um, Morgan, and so could you kind of talk about other outlets maybe that you have um, accessed or, you know, how you've learned to share Addison's vulnerable story, so to speak, um, to find others to connect with? Yes. So, um, yeah, we are, if, I mean, we are fortunate beyond belief um, to have the community that we have and to have her surrounded. But I've actually talked to several people who don't have that. And I just, you know, I've got some of my mom friends on the first page who it doesn't matter if it's three o'clock in the morning, you know, we talk to each other because it is, it is, you know, there are things that can be pretty traumatizing to see. Like the first time Addison pulled a chunk of skin off her head and her head started to bleed, you know, it's just, 
it can be a lot, but you do have that support. Um, there's a first parents page that we all talk to each other on. And, um, me personally, I am working on sending, um, care packages once a month to families because we do have the ability, um, with our village to make sure our child is properly taken care of. And I know some people do struggle with having that because nothing's covered by insurance. So if we can, Oh, that's another hope battle. And, you know, we're going to talk off offline, um, Morgan, because rare would love to be a part of, uh, helping you stuff those care packages in any way we can. Um, so we are definitely want to get involved with that. Yeah, that would be incredible. We just want to help. We've had so much help. We'd love to really pay it forward to other families who could use it. You are wise beyond your years, lady. Calling all Spoonies and Chronic Illness Warriors. We are so excited to show you the latest design at Rare, designed specifically for inclusion and rare disease fighters and chronic illness warriors. Our accessible crew neck hoodie is meant to bridge the gap between rare disease and the rest of the world. Going for constant infusions and blood draws is hard, and we are on a mission to bring the human element back into the sterile walls of the hospital. We work together with NYP at Lawrence nurses to make sure each detail and accessibility placement was just right. Our patent pending accessible crew neck is the first of its kind to combine function, accessibility, and forward fashion, as well as comfortability. Each crew neck features two port access points with zippers, allowing each access during treatment. One of our favorite details is the two hidden access openings on the sleeves, perfectly placed for IV infusion access. Each opening also features a hidden zipper, as well as a cool outer button detail. Rare life is hard, but hopefully now it can be a little easier. To pre-order your accessible sweatshirt, go to findyourrare.com. So is there treatment? I know you talked a little bit about like, you know, some skin lotion and stuff, but what about overall like cure or, you know, what is the future of LI? So this is technically an incurable disease because it is a genetic um, DNA condition. However, there are different things that we can do um, to make Avacyn more comfortable in her own skin. Um, we recently ordered a nano bubbler through Whitewater Company, um, which is this device that plugs in and it puts tubes into your bathtub, which um, basically infuses a million little bubbles into the tub, which makes the water like a silky white and will help her shed that skin off. Um, we also coat her frequently in Aquaphor, Cetaphil, Vanacream, CeraVe, any kind of cream, you name it. She's covered head to toe. Um, she has um, prescription head drops, which help her head peel because that's a main issue for her that itches the most, we can tell. Um, and really just keeping up with our skincare. Uh, we use uh, Dermacloth to help peel off some of the skin gently um, when she was really little. She was bald probably the first year of her life because her skin or her skin was growing so fast it was causing her hair to fall out. But we would actually use scissors and get as close to her scalp as possible and cut the skin um, to prevent her from pulling it off. Um, but for the most part, we're just, you know, we're eagerly awaiting our nano bubbler and hoping that that will give her the most sense of relief. Um, the main relief that we hope is uh, the itching. She is always itching, but... She's really good at communicating whenever she needs lotion. We'll ask. She says yes, no. She'll go and wait by her bathroom if she wants to take a bath. She's just really good at letting us know what she needs. And forgive me, Morgan. Um, I 
you know, in all of my wisdom of not having children, <laughs> um, is she verbally telling you these things? Are you using sign language? Like, um, does it affect her in any other way besides obviously being uncomfortable? That is a huge thing, but I meant like, are there any other factors you have to watch out for? It's actually really funny that you mentioned that. So when she was born, they did genetic testing and it came back that she had certain markers for, um, autism or schizophrenia. So we were told, you know, your daughter has lamellar ichthyosis and she might have autism. So just monitor that. We've actually gotten further genetic testing and it came back that she did not have autism um, in her any of her genetic markers. And she is actually very advanced, um, according to her pediatrician. She will verbalize. She tells us yes, no, bath. She eats all the time because of the double caloric intake. So she bites and runs <laughs> to the fridge and gets herself something out of the pantry all the time. But um, yeah, she does verbalize with us and will let us, let us know very clearly what she wants. We also keep lotion within her range. So she'll come up to us with a tub of lotion and like rubber. So basically she has a better skincare routine than I do at 32. Wonderful. Got to get my life together guys. Has her routine down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. So Morgan, um, if I, you know, stalked correctly on Facebook, (laughs) I believe that you have some exciting news about your next advocacy venture. Um, If you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners, I would like love to know more about, you know, what role you're taking on there. Yes. So um, I spoke with the CEO of first, which is the foundation for ichthyosis and other stimulated types, um, Mr. Chris Branton. And after speaking with him on the phone, he offered to put me on, um, to work with their board and hopefully work as not only an advocate, but, um, I would be the first parent on the board, which would be pretty amazing because we're at 22, it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's fine. No big deal. But, um, no, it's actually pretty exciting. Um, the first board is fantastic. Um, it's actually run by dermatologists. So I think, you know, having a parent on the board would be pretty awesome. Not to, you know, toot my own horn, but I don't know. I would be excited. I'm shooting your horn. Help. To have somebody. Sorry, mom. Didn't mean to say help. No, it's okay. <laughs> but my main goal is um, not only the skincare packages, but I would like to be a resource for people to reach out to because a lot of people don't talk about the trauma that happens when, you know, your child is born with something you weren't expecting. And I would, I mean, I had several parents to talk to, but I would love to have a designated person to be there um, to talk to. So that's kind of my goal is to. You know, Almost like an organized phone tree. That's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I want to be able to be there for the people that don't have people to be there for them. So that's my goal. That's amazing. Um, you know, and <laughs> I think sometimes people forget that, you know, doing all of this while juggling, you know, having a life, you know, <laughs> raising Addison to be amazing, et cetera, et cetera, dealing with the conditions. Um, and it just, it always amazes me, um, the strength that's in this community. Um, and it's funny, right? Cause you you truly never know how strong you are until strong is the only choice you have. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, if someone would have said this to us before we had her, it'd be like, I don't, I don't think I can handle that, but you know, we, uh, I did struggle for a while after she was born, you know, my husband and I were good people. Why do we have a kid that's not perfect? And then, you know, it finally hit me. Like we are perfect perfect for her too. Like we are, we can give her the best care that she needs. And 
that was, you know, kind of eye-opening and pretty awesome to, you know, finally come to that realization that she was given to us for a reason and we will, you know, continue to advocate for her and give her the best life possible. So I love it. One of the first um, sayings when I, when, you know, Rare started and I was designing was, um, I was born to live this rare life, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, you, you sometimes don't know the path in which or the journey or whatever have you. Like, you know, you don't know the destination or why mm-hmm. um, until you're kind of already in the midst of it. So I'm a firm believer in that. Much more of a believer than I think I was pre, <laughs> pre-getting pre sick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to agree with that. I, you know, I never really put much thought into it until we had her. And then, like, one day, like a ton of bricks, I was like, man, like, we take good care of our kid. There's a reason why we have her is because we're able to provide her that care, I think. And I mean, we are really, I mean, I can't imagine life without her. So, you know, and exactly. um, My wife always says, um, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's all about how you kind of get up from that, like initial knee jerk of a punch. allowing yourself to feel the feels because they're valid. Um, but also see the beauty. I say it all the time. You know, I, if you asked me, um, I could have my entire old life back, no pain, no fatigue, no anything. I, I can honestly say I wouldn't take it because I wouldn't give up seeing the world the way I do, understanding the world the way I do. And I could only do that because of my disease. Absolutely. I don't, I mean, I know you don't have children, but I don't know if you've ever heard the poem, um, welcome to Holland. Um, I was, it was shared with me after Addison was born. I will send it to you after the podcast, but it's basically, and I'm going to go ahead and link that if you don't mind into oh, the yes, show notes, absolutely. because I think there's a lot of people who want to actually <laughs> to, yeah. to, to read, a, you know, everyone needs a good poem. Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's a pretty incredible way to view things when you don't know how you feel. So if you want to link that, I think, I mean, it, it was, it was nice to read for me to know that even though there's a stranger out there, they've experienced something similar and it's not just ichthyosis related. It's for all types of disabilities. So I just, it's absolutely. Nice. It's about invisible, everything, visible, everything. It's about, you know, like you just said, just knowing that you are not alone, there is power in standing up. And Morgan, you are definitely doing that for your family, for Addison, and for honestly, this whole LI community. If you, where can people find you? Um, we actually are on Instagram at Addison the Ichthyosis Princess, and we try and post stuff pretty frequently on there. Um, just, you know, some facts and, of course, cute pictures because. She's adorable. <laughs> um, Preach. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, try and not keep anything too lengthy because I know it's hard to read long stuff sometimes, but just little tidbits here and there about her life and her journey with ichthyosis as well as ours. So, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your daughter's story with us. We love learning about new conditions and sharing them. Um with everyone out there who's listening to, you know, hopefully start raising awareness for, you know, I don't know, the 7,000 diseases that, um, um, that I, I believe 
affect 63% of those are children like yours. And all this is all possible because of mothers like you who are brave enough to um, speak up. Well, thank you very much, Christine, for having me. I really appreciate knowing that our story is being heard and people like you who help us, you know, spread it a little bit further. We really do appreciate it. And everything that you've done for us, you've been incredible. You, you both have. I, we really appreciate you guys. You know, one thing about this community is um, even if you've got a herd of people, you really do become part of the family. And if you haven't already, um, go ahead and check out the We Don't Sweat It tees, which are dedicated and inspired by Addison and this fierce mama we have on this podcast tonight. So. Uh, those are linked down in the show notes, as always. And thank you to our listeners who tune in every week as we try to bridge the gap between rare disease and the rest of the world. Until next time, live large and stay rare. Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.